you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Hey, visionaries, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited for today's episode because we are doing a deep dive on the topic of community. Community is something I am so passionate about, not only in my personal life is it important for me to feel a sense of community and belonging, but also in running a business. I try to create that community for our Visionary Method clients. I am part of various communities in the entrepreneurial world so that I feel less alone. And it's a topic that I don't often get a chance to chat about and share some strategies or just share some stories as to why community is so vital and so important. So today's episode is a bit of a hybrid. I'm going to start just by chatting with you for a few minutes, and then we're going to dive into an interview with a community builder named Floyd Ruskin. So let's first start with the definition of community. It's defined as feeling a fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And I think it's really important to note those three things, attitudes, interests, and goals, because if you are feeling a lack of community, like maybe you are kind of longing for more connection and relationships, you could pause this episode right here or stop listening and just go write a short list of your attitudes and beliefs, your interests, and the important thing here is your goals. Like if you want to start a business, join the business community now. If you want to become a runner, go join the running community now. Like you don't have to be a expert in order to join a community. You can join as a beginner and the community will lift you up. So for me, community is one of the key pillars in my life, in my happiness, my joy. And I imagine it is for so many of you as well, whether you kind of recognize it or not. But I realize that not everybody feels a sense of belonging within a community. Um, and this could be a bit triggering in a way, because if you're feeling alone and somebody else is saying, hey, here's all this awesome community I'm part of, it might actually make you feel like, well, you know, I'll never have as many communities as so-and-so. But I want to set this foundation that there are communities out there for you. And I hope to share some strategies Um, not only for finding community, but maybe even for building community as well. So if you are feeling lost and alone, please know that there's hope. There are millions of people out there yearning for community at this very moment. 
And I, I do really empathize with you because although I have felt community in many parts of my life, one of the ways that I really struggled about five years ago was when I lost my job, had to start a business and felt like nobody understood me. None of my friends had started businesses. A lot of my family members didn't understand what this whole like online business was and building a personal brand. And I felt like an alien at times. And to feel really alone every morning when you wake up and, you know, to get started on a eight or 10 or 12 hour workday when you feel like you have nobody to bounce ideas off of or have water cooler talk with. It can be absolutely isolating. I probably use that word a million times, but I eventually hit this wall where I was like, I am so lonely. I don't know if I want to keep doing this because just to sit in my office all day by myself, to not have anybody really understand these big visions that I had and this limitless energy to like build something big and make more money and impact thousands of people and build an online course. Like that was so foreign six years ago. Uh, I think people thought, oh, like look at Kelsey and her little (laughs) side gig or like her little hobby pet project. But um, I wanted to share that just to let you know, I haven't always felt a sense of community in all aspects of my life. And I've certainly learned a lot (laughs) in uh, pushing to find community. So in this episode, I really hope to shine a light on why community is important, how you can start to find it or create it, and then we'll dive into the interview. So before we dive in, a couple notes of business. First, at the time of this recording, we are in April 2022, and right now I am looking to work with three individuals who have a vague business idea and who want someone to be their guide as they build out this idea And like, I'm going to stretch you a little bit, build it out into 50,000 in revenue. So maybe you want to start a business as a birth coach or a nutritionist or as an in-home organizer, whether you have formal training or not, I want to help you. Uh, And we'll be using the visionary method success system. So if you are interested, you just go to the link in my bio. It'll say the visionary method, apply now, or go to kelseyridle.com slash TVM and hit apply now. And we'll jump on a 15 minute call. We'll see if this is going to be right for you. And if the system, if you decide to go through it and you don't generate your first 50 K, I'm just going to give you all your money back. So that's my promise to you. I step in as your business partner and I'm going to work with you really diligently. So again, if you're interested and maybe exploring that, maybe you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I do a lot of business and marketing coaching, head to the link in my bio or to kelseyridle.com slash TVM and hit apply now. And secondly, I just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Healthy Planet. As Canada's largest online health food store, they make it their mission to help you live your healthiest life with an array of supplements, national, natural grocery items, organic beauty products, and sports nutrition. I just stocked my fridge with so many Healthy Planet products, as well as my cabinets. I have so many good nuts and protein powders and sports nutrition stuff. I got so much goodness. Um, so I would encourage you to do your do the same. You can shop online at www.healthyplanetcanada.com. And the best part is we have a promo code for you. 
Use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout. So V-I-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y-2022. Just punch that in at checkout and it'll automatically apply the discount. All right, let's chat community, my friends. So like I said, when I first started my business, the loneliness was pretty much unbearable. I barely had any friends or family who were entrepreneurs, but luckily I did have community in other ways. I had a cycling community. I had a community with my past colleagues. I remained friends with them. I had community. We lived in a multi-unit house at the time, so I had community there. But when we decided to leave Toronto, we moved out of Toronto about a year and a half ago, I almost felt like I was starting over in a way, moving to a town where I really only knew one person and I had gone to high school with her. And I think I knew of one other person who lived here, but like we were not friends. We had had all of one conversation like 10 years ago. So felt like Dave and I, when we moved here to our town, that we were essentially starting over. And because I knew the role that community played in my life, especially in Toronto, feeling really part of the different uh, social clubs that I was a part of, I knew that I needed to prioritize finding my people. And I didn't know if it was going to be easy moving to a town of 15,000 people, um, some people, it's interesting because some people say it's really hard to find community in a small town. Some people say it's really easy. Some people say that about Toronto where there's millions of people. It's either so easy to find people because there's so many people or it's really hard because you're one person in a sea of 3 million, right? Um, but I knew that when we decided to move here because this is something that I really believe can make or break your happiness and joy in life, I decided, okay, I'm going to really prioritize this. I'm not going to walk around with my AirPods in all day, every day, like I did in Toronto. (laughs) Um, And I decided to commit. Mind you, I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but we've all heard these crazy stats that say something like, Loneliness is comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is more dangerous than obesity. You can see these for yourself if you look it up. And I've even heard that loneliness is the number one killer. And so I knew that like, I don't want that to ever be my reality. So there's got to be people anywhere where I live. And I also knew the positive effects of community that had rippled into my own life. Like, I really feel, and you might agree with this too, that I am healthier. You might be healthier for being part of community. Um, Like, for example, the run club that I'm part of, we meet every single Monday. And that community motivates me to stay active. I have friends who like to get out and go on hikes twice a week. So that community motivates me to stay active. So I am healthier because of community. I think I'm happier because of community. Um, I choose to find community in adventurous people, and that brings me joy. So when I'm around people and doing what I love, I am happy. Each day feels joyful. Um, I think my relationship is better because of community. Dave and I have community together, but we also have community separately. So 
it means that not only can we hang out just the two of us, but we can hang out the two of us with a group of eight of our friends. Uh, but we can also choose to part ways and Dave can go to his hockey community. He can go to his fishing community. Those are his sports. And I can head out to my community, whether it's my biking community, my women's adventure group. Um, so it makes our relationship better because we're not at each other's throats every single evening saying like, what, let's do something or like, what are we going to do? Or we've spent so much time together. Like it makes our time together so much more special. And the other thing is that I feel like I am wealthier. So I'll say that in the monetary sense, but also just in the richness of life. Uh, a lot of my friends, they make more money than I do. They are further along the entrepreneurial path. They are bigger dreamers or bigger investors. And that makes my life richer because I get to see people who are creating the visionary life that I am also building. So that are, those are some of the, the positive side effects of just being part of a community. Um, the interesting thing is like just because you're in a huge city or are surrounded by tons and tons of people, it doesn't mean that you feel connected and supporting supported. So I do really resonate with that. You can live alone and not feel lonely or socially isolated and you can feel lonely while being around hundreds and millions of people. So let's talk about how to find community, especially if you feel like perhaps um, you have some space in your life and uh, are yearning for some like-minded people who have similar goals and interests and values. So I want you to write out a few things on paper. I want you to write past, present, future, and daily. Okay, so this is just a little exercise that I did when I moved to a small town. So we'll start with the word past. I want you to ask yourself, is there anyone from your past that lives within a 30 to 45 minute drive from you that you can reconnect with? I know that you probably have blocked out memories from high school. You're not interested in reliving your college days, but people change, people evolve. And even though you weren't friends with somebody 15 years ago, it doesn't mean you can't reconnect. I have seen this time and time again, uh, where people who went to high school together, weren't friends, then they went on, had kids, lived their life, but then like maybe in their fifties, a shared interest brought them back together. So crazy. Um, or in my case, like I moved here to a small town and I remembered this one person that I sat beside at a wedding and we were not friends, not connected, but I thought, why don't I reach out to her and go for a walk? Like it's such a low barrier to entry. Just ask, right? And we did and ended up becoming friends. So the question here is, is there anyone from your past that you can reconnect with? And on that note too, <clears throat> are there any sports or interests or hobbies that you used to do in your past that you also are curious about reigniting, right? Like maybe you used to be a huge bridge player or you used to be really into soccer, but you kind of lost that over the last 10 or 20 years. Are there any of those hobbies that you would like to get back to? 
So that's what you're going to do under the past column. Then we have the word present. So what clubs or organizations or community meetups exist right now that you'd like to reach out and join? Um, so think about your interests, your goals, whether it's zero waste living, gardening, hiking, being a mom, working with kids, cycling, running, like you name it. Uh, just is there anything that exists that you could tack on to? You might have to do some digging, like open up your Instagram and type in um, whatever town you live in and running and see if there's like a, a run club meetup that exists. So get crafty, use Google. Google can be your best friend and see if there's anything that is already in existence presently that you could potentially reach out to. I'm not saying you need to like immediately message them and say, hey, I'm ready to join. This is just making the initial list. And then the third uh, pillar that you're going to write under is future. So this is where you get to put your visionary cap on and say, is there something that doesn't exist yet that you cannot find? Maybe you're super into kayaking and you don't see a kayak club that exists and you'd love to create it. So we're calling it future because this might not be something you activate right away. I think you kind of need to find your footing with building community. Uh, but perhaps there is something that you could start imagining and you know, the first step is to take it out of your head and to put it onto paper. And then that final pillar is daily. And these are just things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, whether you're motivated or not, that could maybe allow you to meet more people. So under daily, I might write, um, write down walking my dog. So under walking my dog, if I'm looking to find community, I might say, see if there's like a dog owners um, meetup group for my town or stop putting my AirPods in when I walk around the neighborhood so I can actually stop and chat with people. That's community building uh, because you go grocery shopping uh, probably once or twice a week. Can you make an effort to talk to the butcher, talk to the cheesemonger? Um, say hello to the staff at the local brewery and ask them questions about their life and where they grew up. Things that you're already doing on a daily basis, there are ways to feel community from that. Even if it is just a little bit of small talk while you're grabbing your coffee. Um, but eventually if you keep going back to that coffee shop, you're probably going to get to know the owners. You're probably going to get chatting with the staff and they'll remember your order. And then when they're hosting a little special event, they're going to invite you. Um, so there's a lot of ways to, um, just incorporate that community into your day-to-day -day life. So, uh, I hope that gives you some ideas. So again, those categories are past, present, future, and daily, um, I love, uh, I'm just thinking back a few weeks ago, we had Emily Elliott, who is a mindset coach. She was on the visionary method call and she was sharing some mindset tips for when you're starting your business. And she was sharing that she just moved out of a big city into a smaller town too. And she wanted a group of moms to hang out with because she had a one-year-old at the time and not knowing anyone in the city, she's like, okay, like I would really love to be rooted in a community of like-minded moms and, you know, 
how am I going to find that? So she literally kind of wrote out who she wanted to be surrounded with and what that group would look like and how they would support each other. And go figure with some action steps, she actually found that exact dream group. So sometimes visualization is the dress rehearsal. You just need to imagine what you want and what you're looking for and you can find it. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. I don't know if that was useful or interesting, but I hope you enjoyed it. I want to move into today's episode with Floyd. So Floyd is the co-founder of Don't Mess With The Dawn. I was referred to Floyd from one of our past Visionary Life podcast guests, Alan Wood. He's the co-founder of Rally Beer, and Rally Beer actually does a lot of work with Don't Mess With The Dawn. So anyways, Don't Mess With The Dawn is a group of Torontonians that utilize and love the trail system that is the Don Valley. So they hike it, they bike it, they run through it, and they feel really lucky to have it. However, they know that in order to preserve the gorgeous trails, that they need to be cleaning and addressing the dumping that happens in there. And not only to clean up, but to also fix issues at the source and to stop reoccurring problems um, that are happening, that are deteriorating this gorgeous ecosystem. So I wanted to bring Floyd on because he's a community builder. He has a whole lot of tips to share on how you get people out to uh, clean up garbage for two hours on their weekend. He has a whole lot of tips on how to run a not-for-profit. He has a whole lot of tips on why community is so vital to anyone, no matter where they live. Um, And I thought this would be a great episode to share with you because I think whether you're a business owner, whether you are a mom or a dad, whether you are a health geek, um, it's so nice to have community. And this episode really shines a light on that. And the other reason that we're doing it is because Earth Day is coming up and uh, Don't Mess With The Dawn is doing an Earth Day ravine cleanup. So if you do live in Toronto, uh, go to uh, Don't Mess With The Dawn's website. I'll include it in the show notes. Um, And you can find out all about this event that is actually happening uh, this coming weekend. So it's on April 23rd, 2022. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how Don't Mess With The Dawn has grown their community to hundreds of people, how they partnered with companies like Patagonia, Endurance Tap, Baffin Boots, Rally Beer, um, and how the power of a small group of people with a vision has turned into so much more. So go check out Don't Mess With The Dawn. They're at don'tmesswiththedawn.ca. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a few audio issues. So there is a bit of lag in Floyd's um, audio, but stay patient with it. Stay with it. Lots of good juice dropped in this episode. And as per usual, I hope you have an amazing day and I will talk to you guys soon. Floyd, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. We were actually acquainted in an interesting way. I think you had heard uh, the episode with Alan from Rally Beer, uh, and then we made the connection to Don't Mess With The Dawn, and you know, you kind of said, well, I don't think I'm your typical guest on the podcast, but the truth is there's so many parallels to be drawn between what you're doing with Don't Mess With The Dawn and the journey of starting a business. So really excited to sit down today. Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome, Kelsey. Glad to be here today. 
Um, I will give a shout out to my our good friends and supporters, uh, Rally Beer. Uh, terrific guys, uh, right from the beginning, made a commitment to the environment, which uh, was is important to us uh, when we ask for support or, or partner. Uh, we actually vet who uh, partners are. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, they are definitely a great team of individuals. <laughs> also, exemplify uh, our outdoor spirit. Uh, uh, Don't Mess With Don was started by trail users, uh, uh, runners mostly. And um, I'm not one of the runners. I'm, I'm the, the hiker and walker. Uh, but uh, the Rally Boys do everything. And uh, they're really cool guys. And we're really happy to have a collaboration with them. So you mentioned that Don't Mess With The Dawn was kind of started by the runners. I'm wondering, can you actually give us the origin story? Sure. Who started it? When did this organization begin? I just want to know some background so we can set the stage. So uh, 2018, well, first of all, Don't Mess With The Dawn was founded by Lawrence Warner, Irene Vandertop, and Sean Symes. Individually, like myself, we all picked up, uh, we saw stuff on the ground, we'd pick it up. We'd put it in a bag and take it with us, whether running, hiking, and it kind of grew organically. Okay, you know what, guys, let's do this together. Lawrence was was a running coach for, for both Irene and, and Sean, so it was a natural fit. Then let's see if we can get more people involved. And everything started to, to grow from there. Uh, very soon, uh, John Scott joined in, and I was the last of the uh, original five board members to join in. Uh, I knew Irene from uh, from uh, working at Evergreen, and um, I'm not a meeting guy. Uh, I was frustrated with a lot of talk and no action, and needed to use my skills, bring out the uh, the environmental crisis that, that's affecting the Don Valley. So that's that's really how they got started. It's just people coming together, and uh, but it, it's 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 a big following, and people reach out to us. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I find it, it really interesting. You said like you were getting frustrated at one point with all of the talk, but no action. And I honestly think that that's how some of the best businesses and not-for-profits and charities are started is when you're like, I have a personal frustration with what's going on and enough is enough. I don't just want to sit around and talk about what we could do. I'm actually going to take the steps necessary to bring this to life and to gather support and find others who also have this very same frustration. So it sounds like for you, you kind of had that crew right from the get-go and there was a group of you that all identified a need for this type of organization. Is that right? Yeah, 100, 100, very early, uh, it was decided that there's no meeting that lasts more than 60 minutes. Like, that's it, <laughs> goodbye. Like, Great tip. Up. Like, you know what, if you can't get it done that quickly, now sometimes when we're, we're planning a large event uh, that we need to meet more frequently, but monthly for yeah. one hour, bang. I'm with another, a few other organizations. I go two hours, like I'm yawning already. It's like, yeah, I read the, I read the minutes of the last one. And I see the agenda of, of this. Okay, I don't want to hear about, you know, your cat was sick or anything like that. Let's just move on and get, and get it done. So uh, take responsibility, take action, be, uh, be affirmative and uh, move the, whether it's the company or the organization's uh, agenda forward. You might have a couple of stumbles, just adjust and move forward again. And, and that's, that's the way 
we like to do it's hands-on i think i'm gonna get some shirts right? like uh hashtag get dirty with don't mess with the don i, I kind of like that <laughs> this shirt that. is actually clean um but uh i usually don't come home uh clean we're all hands-on i'm also the oldest <laughs> uh but um I, 30 years of activism along the don valley it's uh, uh something that my colleagues don't actually have so uh, i know a lot of people that's awesome. So I'm very curious when you guys first got the ideas you wanted to bring don't mess with the dawn to life. Does this operate like a typical business? Like, do you sit back, write a plan, cast a vision for why your organization exists? Or did you just kind of dive right in and like, see it all unfold in time? It, it initially, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, let's, let's do it. But uh, as as we grow and people want to understand who we are, what we do and how we do it, you have to articulate those things. You have to articulate it on your, your promotion and uh, uh, the web page as well. Our mission statement is says exactly who we are, what we do and how we do it. It's uh, Don't Mess With The Don is a Canadian registered uh, all volunteer Canadian registered charity committed to protecting and enhancing the natural heritage of the Don Valley. The only thing that people might not get is the enhancement part, but that's easily explained. So uh, they need to know that who we are, where we're operating as well. For me personally, uh, it's there's a global climate crisis. I have to identify how can I be effective globally? And the answer is not at all, but I can be extremely effective locally. And my local is right here in the Don Valley. I live in Riverdale, like 400 meters away from, from the edge of the valley. And uh, it's very important to keep that in focus because we can be effective here. Individuals can be effective. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with, wait a second, there's this global climate crisis. What can I do? Well, walk more often than taking your car. That's, we can all do that. Uh, take transit, ride your bike. Again, it goes back to that outdoor activity thing. But everybody has it. They just sometimes can't identify it. And by us, uh, promoting it and bringing people in, it gives them a sense of joy that they give back to the community. That yes, I have done something. I've taken my kids out. I've taken my mom and dad out. We've done this collectively. And this is this is a, a really good, this is uh, really worthwhile. It's also for myself and my colleagues, extremely inspiring. We put a lot of our own time into this. Uh, as I said, we're all volunteers. We were all time in it. And like, okay, is there a monetary reward? No. But there certainly is a, a feeling of fulfillment uh, by, by doing this. And people thanking, like, uh, people thanking us, like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I mean, every single time. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's reward. It's a reward in itself. Mm -hmm. It's so cool because like you said, you don't get paid for this, but there's something within you that feels so lit up by the vision of don't mess with the dawn that you're like, I will show up and do media kind of interviews. And I will show up for the cleanups because it fuels a part of you and probably helps you to become a better person in your other areas of life. No, I don't think I could be any better. Uh, just <laughs> Uh, You're perfect. Uh, they, they, uh, I don't know how many Floyds you know, but uh, not very many. There's, not many. Uh, no. There's usually only one. Like there's usually like, you could ask, you could ask people. Thank God, there's only one Floyd. Uh, but 
Yeah, that that's a reward. It, it, you know, uh, different careers and businesses over over uh, my working career. This is a different type of reward. Uh, uh, fits in who I am and the lifestyle we enjoy as as well. Yeah. I can bring people out 365 days of the year and um, and enjoy it. We're cleaning up, uh, whether we're removing invasive trees or plants, uh, invasive species. Uh, this is all good. Introducing kids to nature. Like, holy crap. When someone brings their, their four-year-old to a cleanup, bam, we've got the next generation of eco-warriors already. We don't have to, we don't have to educate them. They already know that they have a responsibility. And that that's cool. We get our youngest has been two. Now wasn't a backpack uh, with daddy, but yeah. four-year-old <laughs> sister was there. And our oldest participant, as far as we know, was 83. Wow. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Everybody wants to give back. Unbelievable. So obviously this started as a small group of people looking to make a difference. And now you're telling me that hundreds of people come out to your organized events. So I want to talk about how you've built this community, because I think one of the biggest challenges and struggles of any business owner, whether it's a not-for-profit or a for-profit is building community. And obviously you guys have learned a thing or two. So in the early days of uh, running, don't mess with the dawn, what were some of the things you did that were impactful in building your community and raising awareness of who you guys were? Well, I, I think the, uh, the use of the effective use of social media is, is a big benefit. My partner, colleague, Irene and I were coming back from, from somewhere and she asked me, Floyd, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and it's how, how, you know, how come we, there's, are there more people that are involved or more people care? I said, uh, the, my answer was, I think people are paying attention to, to the global climate crisis, but you know, 25, 30 years ago, the organization was planting or some kind of restoration. Uh, it would be a telephone tree. Okay, here's the fly or a flyer. Here's the flyer. Floyd calls five people. Uh, you know, you know uh, Kelsey, could you uh, could you call five people? And it's there. Well, in five minutes, I could reach five thousand people. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that that ability helps us spread the message more. And not only the social media, but there's event sites. Uh, now for us, especially, we only became a charity last May, so not even a year. Before that, everything was paid out of pocket. So we look for uh, ways of promoting this. Social media is free, uh, Eventbrite, BlogTO, uh, Now Magazine, uh, they're all free. Yeah. They're all free and, and it, it reaches a wide audience. Uh, reaching out to the media, now just because we want them to pay attention. That one's always hit or miss. But we have a very good message. And um, as I said, I think it, 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 res it resonates with, with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the most important thing is when you as the founding team believe in your product, believe in your community, people almost become attracted to it instantly, right? Like they feel the energy behind it. They feel the excitement and they want to be part of that movement too. And I think that's an important lesson from what you just shared as well, is that whether it's just one person starting a business or it's multiple people, that enthusiasm is essential in the early days because you are the spokespeople for what you've created, right? So if you're not excited about sharing this message, 
nobody else will be right. Like you have to literally infect people with that excitement, with that enthusiasm, and just know that, you know, one person will join and the next day, one more. And it's the power of infusing that energy into just one individual at a time. And today you're telling us you have thousands of people who have joined a mailing list or come out to an event or who follow you on social media. And it's obviously taken what five years since you guys started, but it's compound interest, right? Over time, more and more people become aware and it just takes, you know, patience and continued effort running those events, whether one person shows up or 100 or 200, right? Well, that's, that sometimes becomes, comes to challenge who shows up and he, but that's the other part. We're also out there doing the same things. We're getting dirty. We're carrying stuff. Uh, we're leading. We're, we are all leading the way to do that. And it, I think it's leadership by example. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're out front with people. And the celebration part is extremely important. We missed that during COVID. Uh, yeah. you know, with um, before COVID, our model was large monthly cleanups. With could be hundreds, it could be fifty, it could be, it could be the number didn't matter. But with COVID restrictions, we we weren't allowed to to have large gatherings. We've all, we've all uh, we could all appreciate that. So we we pivoted to a, a different model. Instead of large monthly cleanups, we had smaller weekly pop-up cleanups. So short notice to keep the number of participants down. There was one point oh, a year ago, I believe, where the restrict outdoor restriction was five. So there was uh, me and one of my partners, Lawrence, and three volunteers. We didn't, we couldn't have any more. Now we would have had a six, like, you know, but that's besides the point. Uh, but, uh, and there was very little of the, the, the thing that, that, people like that that draws people in as as well because the one of the other important elements to what we do is we celebrate the community and i'll use the term that mike uh, uh lawrence warner used he calls it he he says it's like floyd it's like the old-fashioned barn raising joe's house or barn burns down the next weekend the entire village comes out they rebuild the barn but you know what they do after kelsey they celebrate they celebrate as one community coming together and that's the important part for us is is the 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 community aspect uh bringing people uh from diverse communities together for a common goal and celebration so with the the way we uh, restrictions passed us we have the cleanup and then we have food, we have refreshments from our favorite beverage company, uh, we have draw prizes from, from our supporters, and we make a celebration of community out of it. We've all done a great job. We've all gotten dirty. We've gotten wet. We've gotten cold, whatever the weather was. But now we celebrate together. And that part, I think, continues to bring people back. What's the benefit of coming out? We give back without. Uh, uh, for my past business, <laughs> you never sell, you never sell a product. You always sell the benefit. So um, I, I don't want to use this, the term "sell" here, but I don't know another way to put it. Is that the benefit is you've got uh, you've done something good for the environment, and you've joined a community of other caring people. And uh, again, it inspires me to to put put hours into it, and that's you know, I, I continue to do it. Yeah. 
And I'm assuming you have a lot of people who, when they join, they stay on board and they're like a lifetime community member. And I think that's because they come for the mission or the product. It's like, okay, I just want to do a single cleanup or I just want to lend a hand today, but they stay for the community, right? They stay because of that celebration and that feeling that they're a part of something. So I think that's a really important lesson to draw. People will come for the product. They'll stay for the community. So if you're not taking care of the community or even thinking like, how do we celebrate and like really promote, um, just that culture within what we're building, people just leave because they don't feel connected. We're very fortunate. Not only do, do we have so many repeat, uh, volunteers, but they bring their family, friends, and neighbors as long, along as well. Um, we, we get, a, how do you get so many people to come out? It's not, it's certainly not my personality that draws people out. It's, it's the fact that we are doing, we are doing important work, but we also, uh, there's, everybody feels rewarded as well inside. It's, a, it's like a personal thing. Um, and for a lot of people, they don't know how to start. Now, as far as I'm concerned, everybody is capable of cleaning up. There isn't one schoolyard playground uh, part that doesn't need some love and attention somewhere. And everybody's capable of that. You know, take your little grocery bag and spend 15 minutes and pick up along the fence line. But people are uncomfortable with that. They like to be part of, of a group. So we draw them together. Though through some of our promotions, especially during COVID, we promoted individual activity. Um, uh, uh, our Earth Day, uh, previous Earth Day challenge when we couldn't have people out. Uh, we also have a fall trash challenge and uh, people would go out with their family and friends. Uh, we encourage them to take photographs and, po and, and, send, and send them in. And we pick the, the best, whether it's a best, somebody wearing a costume because it was around Halloween, uh, picking up with their pet or their dog or their kids. And we give out five or six prizes, prize packages. And so people are doing good, but they also, oh, look at this. I've got this, this package. Uh, go, oh, look at this. I've got a, a Solomon shoes or Patagonia jacket. Oh, a two, four of rally beer. Or uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, well, we don't give, Bateman doesn't give away bicycles, but there are very, very nice uh, gift cards, but it's unexpected yeah. and very much appreciated. So uh, these are these are the, these are the kind of things you don't have to be part of an organization to to do. It. Everybody's capable of that. This is how Don't Mess With Done started. Individuals, then three individuals, then collectively, and then now it's a big collective, and um, uh, it, it 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 makes it more fun. I, people, I, it's silly, but people stop me on like, aren't you the the garbage guy? I know Lawrence, why aren't you the garbage guy? Yeah, and I'm not yes, even wearing you know our, our message, right? Uh, but I did, this this winter I did buy buttons, so it's it's on my backpack, it's on my shoulder bag, it's like it, you know. Again, it's it's promoting it's promoting the idea um, and uh, building building that. Uh, you know, it's, we're not a business, but we are entrepreneurial. So there, like I said, there is that parallel there that to to grow and to be able to come want to do is uh cleaning up the Don Valley uh, uh the enhancement part is 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 uh well the protection part is cleaning the Don Valley uh removing invasive uh, uh plants and and 
shrubs and trees. And the enhancement part is, is replanting uh, yeah. as, as well uh, with native species, native pollinators. And we've built uh, a number of different activities around those besides just the garbage pickup. So um, uh, it's important. And on that is that organizations reach out to, to us. Just before I got on here, there's a, uh, uh, we have alliances with a number of uh, uh, private schools in, Tor in, in, in Toronto. And um, uh, we're having, a, we actually have two book, uh, two cleanups just for those two schools. Now, one school is, is said they'll bring out 150 students and staff. Um, it makes it a little challenging to find the exact spot that uh, I put them in, but I have that spot. Uh, and the other school who's been um, a, a terrific supporter of ours, uh, this will be our second uh, with just them, but their students still come out and their parents come out. And, uh, you know, these kind of things, businesses, uh, you know, how, how can we do it? So we've expanded to uh, corporate team building events. Uh, so uh, ABC company, you know, they want to get out, they want to do something, they want to give back to the community. Maybe their business sits alongside a ravine or something like that. Well, we could we could make this a corporate team. You, you bring the people out. Do you want to make it an all day affair? Uh, one of our sponsors is a caterer. They'll do a box lunch for you. Uh, we, you know, we could bring it could be after work, during work on a weekend. And we use the uh, the fees from that. To support some of our other program that that's so our children's nature program which don't have any funding so uh it, it balance it balances it out uh, uh tdsb toronto district school board we don't charge a fee for field trips or or cleanups like that but uh private schools as businesses and they are businesses uh with very large tuitions uh they can afford to support uh less fortunate people and uh uh it's it, it works. I think eventually it'll be almost like a social enterprise where, where uh, one side of what we do helps support the programming on the other side. So uh, it's exciting. And that's when you asked about where you like one of those common business questions, where do you see yourself today, two years and five years yeah. is moving towards closer to that, that model uh, with that. And also expanding the number of board members as well, because we're, we're challenged with, uh, uh, with so, but people have the same, uh, spirit, uh, commitment, uh, energy, imagination, imagination, you know, uh, with your know, kids, especially with kids program, what are you, how are you going to get kids, you know, to enjoy nature more? So we, we come up with, with, with different types of activities and things, uh, uh, a little different than a business. Charitable status gave us a lot of opportunities to uh, to raise funds. Like I said, it's not coming out of uh, five pockets anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, which is very comforting, by the way, uh, for a senior. <laughs> uh, so, um, but but it gives us, like I said, opportunity to do more. There's more uh, outside funding opportunities as well, grants uh, and and things like that. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's actually so cool to think about, uh, like you compare what you do with Don't Mess With The Dawn to a very entrepreneurial kind of experience, right? You have to be creative, you have to be resourceful, you have to be, you know, like looking for opportunities for partnership. And these are all things we do when we're growing a business. And what I was thinking about was, 
I know there are a lot of listeners who they do aspire to start a business one day, and it could actually be such a good stepping stone to get involved with an organization like Don't Mess With The Dawn to actually exercise that muscle because perhaps right now, they're in the corporate world. They're not feeling fulfilled and they want to be sharing their ideas and like moving projects forward. And I think charities, not-for-profits and any organization that is looking for board members and who is like trying to do as much as they can, but obviously resources are sometimes scarce. It's a great opportunity to flex that muscle and to just practice like all these different initiatives that are going to come in so handy if you do ever start a business because it is an entrepreneurial endeavor. Well, the, uh, you know, I, I, I was in financial and uh, enjoyed the heck out of it because I, I got to meet a lot of people. Um, but one of the key things in training other people is to uh, ask for referral because that's the best way to grow your business. Uh, Kelsey's satisfied with uh, the the service that Floyd provided. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you tell you know your friends? Oh, this guy did it. That's such a great job. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's kind of the same thing is uh, with us is that when we provide, uh, and it sounds very business like, but we when we provide. Um, a positive atmosphere and and a benefit to people that come out they like I said earlier they not only tell their friends they they drag them along yeah. and then they those friends come back like we see probably the same hundred or more people all the time now we don't, I don't care if somebody comes out once or if they come out we do have a, a group of people that come out every single time. Doesn't matter the weather. Like, and uh, one thing we did this year we're a little slow on our with our cleanups. Um, in the winter time, we we run pop ups. It's a nice weekend. We you know okay, uh, we'll come on out. We're going to be here, uh, but we can't. We couldn't do it with snow on the ground. Cold is one thing, uh, but uh, snow is a safety hazard. If you can't see where you're putting your hand, yeah. Um, it's dangerous. Something as innocuous as uh, a plastic fork. You put your hand down wrong, you're going to get hurt. You're like it'll hurt. Yeah. The other thing is you don't know whose mouth that fork had been in previously. So let's not have to go there. You need to see what you're doing. So um, so we we uh, by this time last year we've probably done 15 pop ups and uh, the last cleanup we actually did collectively was uh, New Year's Day. Oh and, wow! And uh, uh, now I'll tell you, I go for a walk. I, I, I've got a bag. Um, I like, like, um, I don't take two or three anymore because I never get anywhere, but it's just, it's second nature to me, but I don't tell people you have to be like, you're not going to be like me, like, like whatever makes you comfortable. If you want to come out, come out. If you don't grab your kid or pick up in front of your neighbor's house, it, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, I love that. And I know you have an event coming up in honor of Earth Day, which is why we are sharing this episode uh, at this time. So can you tell us a little bit about this Earth Day event, how people can get involved and how they can um, come out maybe to their very first Don't Mess With The Dawn event? I'd be, I'd be very happy to. Earth Day 2022 is uh, April 22nd. It's a Friday, April 23rd. Uh, is when we're going to have uh, the Don't Mess With The Dawn uh, Earth Day Ravine cleanup. 
And uh, we're bringing together uh, various communities. Uh, the area we're in is, is uh, of the Don Valley is E.T. Seaton Park. It's a, a beautiful park and surrounded by wooded, uh, wooded hills. Um, one of the, the, the city of Toronto doesn't do a bad job in parks. Uh, I, I will give them credit. But their crews don't go where, where we go, up the steep slopes, uh, through the gullies, uh, sometimes in areas that are kind of wet and mucky. Um, but for us, this is the cool stuff, man. Uh, so this is, this is where we go. Uh, but in this particular area, there's a, uh, uh, the community above is, is, Thorn, is Thorncliffe Park, a very a kind of an isolated community, originally built for uh, 12,000 people. There's over 30,000 people that live in those high rises today. And, um, and, and it's laid out and so but uh the community itself doesn't really take advantage of of the the beautiful ravine that they live alongside and in the past few years we've had challenges trying to get people to come out well we've been successful the uh, last cleanup we had in that neighborhood in that area uh 220 people with at least half that came uh uh from the neighborhood and we're very happy with that and we, we're building on that success uh but we also have people right from right across the city. We have collaborations and liaison with uh, folks on the Humber. Um, uh, we started that last year and it's been terrific. Some of their folks show up over here. Some of us go out there to help them out. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the Humber Valley as I am with the Don Valley. And it's an education for me as well. So that type of collaboration. So on um, April 23rd, it's our Earth Day cleanup. Uh, the city of Toronto all came to Toronto together uh, weekend, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and they, where they encourage uh, citizens to come out and um, clean up. Clean up as an individual, clean up as a group, clean up as the friends of, and do that. We tied it all, we've tied it all together uh, for this. And uh, there are certain resources that the city will, will provide along the way for organizations that are not as, not like us. So, um, uh, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, the cleanup is there. We've got our prime event sponsor, uh, which is the Rotary Club of East York. Uh, but we also have our supporters. Uh, as, as I said earlier, there's uh, uh, Rally, uh, Bateman's, Batesman, Bateman Bicycle, uh, uh, Patagonia, Baffin Boots, who's, who's new to us. Um, and they all provide uh, uh, merchandise for or for giveaways. We also give away our Don't Mess With The Don shirts and buttons uh, as, as a keep. And if anybody's interested, they're also for sale. Awesome. Uh, uh, so, um, but after the clean, the cleanup is from 10 to 12. And from 12 to one, uh, it's the time when we come together and kind of celebrate as a community, uh, where there's food, refreshments, the draw prizes. Uh, this particular cleanup, I think there's six eco slash green uh, groups out, uh, community uh, organizations out there, and you have a chance to talk to them, whether it's Toronto Nature Stewards or Swim Drink Fish, uh, Toronto Climate Save, uh, the city with their Live Green program. Uh, so it gives people, it's, it's almost like a cleanup and small eco fair. Uh, and uh, like I said, lots of fun. And we're gone by one o'clock. Awesome. And it's it
Find out where we are. Um, our, it's it's posted on Facebook and Eventbrite. Don't mess with the Don on Facebook. Uh, it's on our community Facebook group, uh, which is Apart for All. Um, there's a little difference on, 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 on the, the content in both, though they're very sim they're kind of similar. Uh, and uh, everybody's welcome. There's, it's, it's, it's all free. Uh, which is if you have sturdy gloves, bring them. We have a limited supply, but everything else is provided for you. And like I said, food, there's refreshments and food and fun and community and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, and it's inclusive for everybody. One of the, one of the, the uh, challenge is where we go is not really good for people that are mobility challenged. Um, that's a given. But when I have 200, when we have 200 people that need registered, I need people at the registration table. Yep. And you don't have to be very mobile to have somebody sign, read the waiver, sign in, uh, uh, get directions, uh, and to move on to the next person. So even people of limited mo mobility are welcome to help us out. And uh, you could see, you'll see some one or two people, uh, either with a walker or a wheelchair, giving us assistance. Now they're not climbing the hills with the with everybody else, but their their contribution is just as valuable as the people climbing the hills. Yeah. And so it's, it's again, make it as, as inclusive as possible, as community oriented as possible. Back to that village coming out to rebuild the barn, man. It's everybody everybody comes together and then, you know, it's party. <laughs> I love that. So exciting. And I will share all the links for people to register, including the Facebook event and the Eventbrite one. And I would encourage everybody to go experience the community and just the magic of what you guys have built over the last five years. So this is I've never heard it. I've never heard it described as magic, but, so, but sometimes it's the, magic. The, you can't the describe look on it. a kid's face or, or the people. And one of the things if people are listening for the, for the very first time is that take a look at uh, on the Facebook page and go to the photos. And one thing that everybody always comments on, everybody's smiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's, it's cool. So, uh, you know, uh, we're, it's cool to be part of something, right? Like to feel yeah, like you yeah. belong and that you're doing something meaningful with your time. I think that's well, why everybody's smiling. One of the, uh, the the things that we did talk about is is uh, advocacy on, um, on on what we do. Like our main thing is protect the Don Valley, and that's not only from from natural uh, uh, elements like invasive plants and things like that for unnecessary infrastructure and construction and paying more attention to uh, uh, our urban forest. So uh, we've been uh, at city council, we've been at executive council, we've done dep dep uh, deputations um, and that helps us draw more media, yeah. you know, for, for interviews and that gets us a, a bit of a wider audience. And um, it's, it's a growing part of, of what we do. My colleague, Irene, did the, uh, our first deputation at the Executive Council and my gosh, did it ever take off. It was like, they um, supposed to only have five minutes. Uh, they kept asking her questions and I timed it on the video. It was, all, uh, it was over eight minutes. Uh, no one else got to uh, address uh, executive council that long she she rocked it man it's it was crazy and we've kind of built on that and yeah. it, 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 
a, a political component as well. Uh, uh, there's six uh, city councillors, and obviously they're along the that contact us. I don't have to go and contact them, uh, though though we do, and especially here in, in in Ward 14 where I live, Paula Fletcher is 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 and her staff are uh, bending over backwards for us as well. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's that's that that blend of 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 all these things really helps us uh, extend the brand, I guess. But, uh, I, I try to we're talking about the I try to stay away from the business terms. Yeah. But, yeah. But it is, but it is important. I mean, like I said, I, I put on the shirt. I'm extending the brand by putting on the shirt. I mean, why, why not? So, uh, and slapping a sticker on somebody's truck. <laughs> I think it's awesome, and you know, it's uh, a way to invite more people to join the big vision of what Don't Mess with the Dawn does. And if you were too shy about it and didn't have stickers and T-shirts nobody would know about this epic organization. So I think it's amazing. Again, so many parallels to draw between what you guys do and how to start a successful business. So thank you I so much. I think it's a successful business. You know what? It would be like uh, Pat, uh, the founder of Patagonia, which is an international company. Yeah. He also started a, a organization called 1% for the Planet, where yeah. member member companies uh, contribute 1% back to environmental groups and things like that. Uh, for charitable groups like, like ours, you need to be sponsored and invited by one of those members. Uh, we have three companies that are part of 1% for the planet it would be Patagonia, uh, Endurance Tap, another terrific uh, uh, supporter, and of course, Rally, Rally Beer Guys. Can, 1% for the planet. That's what actually got my attention when we first started talking to Alan and Dave, is that they're right up front with their commitment to the environment, uh, yep. less packaging and the whole deal. That works, that resonates with us big time. I got, we got approached by a, a company called RBH. I didn't know what it was. We want to do a national media campaign about anti-litter. Okay, I don't do, we don't just, okay, this sounds great, national media campaign. Well, I didn't know who RBH was. It's Rothman Benson Hedges, cigarette yeah. company, tobacco company. Can't do it. We can't, we will not do that. I wouldn't partner with an oil company either. Uh, or... Uh, other companies that uh, don't control their 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 litter and the pollution, so um, I, I referred them to another organization. Um, yeah, you have to stay aligned with your values, right? Our values are like uh, I had already said, but this was a, a group decision because they want money time when we, we didn't have any money. But if you if you don't live up to your values, you're you're only you're going to get left behind, and you won't feel good about yourself. And the people that, that come out and support you won't support you any longer. Exactly. You know, so uh, uh, I was very sorry, RBH. What is? I didn't even know what it was because that he never wrote the name of the company. He just put RBH Canada. Okay. But I always, I always vet. We always vet um, contributors to make sure that they stand up for for what we do as yeah. as well. And that's why we're proud. And I continue to mention the people that support us. So. Awesome. Um, they well, need a shout out to all that you do. And we're excited to join in on the Earth Day cleanup. So well, I hope to see you there. <laughs> I hope to get there too. And maybe I can rally some of the visionary community and uh, bring us all out. And if not, I will be doing it here in my own backyard. So thank you so much for sharing 
everything that you did on the show today. We so appreciate what you guys do and love shining a spotlight. So we wish you all the best and see you, you so on the Earth Day cleanup. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be there. Uh, we'll be there, rain or shine. Um, Perfect. Last April, last, last April, it was it was pouring down rain. It was supposed to be you know maybe 120 people. Uh, there was 25 people that that were just looked like drowned rats. But when you look at the photographs, everybody's smiling. Everybody's it's, smiling. It's, it was just you know one of those days. So it's uh, <laughs> we're out there. We were wet, but we were happy. That's great. Thanks Fulfilled. so much, Floyd. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kelsey.